Taryn Cross. I'm Brinkley Ward. I'm Kaylee Spencer. And I'm Kylie Vreeland, and this is Into the Night. We read Ellie Wiesel's book, Night. We hope to create a deeper understanding of the Holocaust, and we had some pieces that went along with it that were artwork or museum stops or just different excerpts from different books. And we really hope to just analyze and go a little deeper into the novel and try to understand his journey. So uh, to recap the novel, if you haven't read it, it followed the story of Ellie when he was a boy. And at first he went to the ghetto in Saget, Transylvania, before he went to a concentration camp, which was Auschwitz-Birkenau in Poland. He was forced out of his home and into the ghetto, and he lived with all these other people in this little community. And it was kind of terrible, and nobody really knew what was going on. And he really struggled um, through that experience and through being transported to the camp. He talks a lot about the disbelief he faced and the disbelief that others faced. And from there, it really just follows his experience from trying to survive in Birkenau when he was moved from Auschwitz to Birkenau for labor instead of a death camp. And then later when they were transferred to Buna, when the Russians invaded, and then Buchenwald, where he was eventually liberated. In order to create a deeper understanding of Ellie Wiesel's Night, we created a packet um, called Night by Ellie Wiesel, A Deeper Understanding and Analysis of the Holocaust, where we each analyzed poems, essays, pictures, and museum staffs along the way. And here's Kylie Reeland to talk about some of our poems. The first poem we analyzed was called The Frozen Jew by Avram Sukhever. That's just on page two of our course pack. The response written by Kaylee Spencer is on page four. The second poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, by Dylan Thomas, is on page 7. The response by Brinkley Ward is on page 9. If We Must Die, by Claude McKay, is on page 11. The response, written by myself, Kylie Reeland, is on page 12. Do Not Stand on My Grave and Weep, is on page 15. The response by Taryn Cross is on page 16. We will be discussing the If We Must Die poem by Claude McKay. Um... It begins by saying, If we must die, let it not be like hogs, hunted and penned in inglorious sport, while round us bark the mad and hungry dogs, making their mock at our accursed lot. Uh, If we must die, oh, let us nobly die, so that our precious blood may not be shed in vain. Then even the monsters we defy shall be constrained to honor us through dead. O O kinsmen, we must meet the common foe, though far outnumbered, let us show us brave. And for their thousand blows, deal one death blow. What through us, li- what through before us lies the open grave. Like men will face the murderous, cowardly pack, pressed to the wall, dying but fighting back. Um, so that um, this poem relates really well to "Night" by Elie Wiesel, um, as it is talking about how people are trying to fight back, like against their oppressors, and not wanting to just give in to um like death so one thing that I noticed through reading is that like Claude writes many phrases such as if we must die let it not be like hogs or um another good one is hunted and penned in an inglorious sport which is really similar to what Ellie um went through during his time at Auschwitz concentration camp um and it's like how the Jews were hunted down and, like, forced into these concentration camps by the Nazis, which just relates to the whole idea of the poem. 
Um, and then another really strong line from If We Must Die is, though far outnumbered, let us show brave, uh, which kind of represents how like the Druze typically wanted to still like fight back and be like brave and stuff, but they're just beaten down so like meticulously that they just couldn't. Um, and then the one of the final lines of "If We Must Die" is "Pressed to the wall, dying but fighting back," which is another, um, which has another relation to night. Uh, it's like kind of clinging to hope and wanting to fight back, even though like they might die in the end. But it's just kind of staying hopeful and not giving in. So overall, "If We Must Die" connects very well to the novel "Night" by Elie Wiesel. The support material I read to help further create a deeper understanding of the Holocaust and what people like Elie Wiesel and the six million or so lives that were lost in the Holocaust was Inside the Third Reich Memoirs by Albert Speer. My excerpts that I will be referencing can be found on page 50 of our course pack and my juxtapositions can be found on page 55. So Inside the Third Reich, I read... Um, part 25 or the 25th memoir and it talked about um, Hitler ignoring the advice of his colleagues and just being very sure that there was a certain way he wanted things done regardless of the consequences. It showed that he was a very um, persistent man, very determined no matter what the consequences were. He didn't really have a lot of thought about what might happen were he to misuse something. He was just um, very focused on his goal and the people that worked for him saw that and knew that and no matter what they said to him he never listened and if they did speak up or did have a separate opinion they were often punished for that so nobody ever wanted to say anything to him he was just so set in his ways he couldn't take anybody else's criticism he could barely take anybody else agreeing with him he just wanted things done the way he wanted them done and he couldn't see anything outside of that and that really reminded me of the things that Elie Wiesel went through um in the references, it talks about as well, um, the fighter jets were what he really wanted to misuse, what his colleagues were advising that he does not misuse. And he also, um, Himmler, it mentions that he came in and um, this particular Nazi was listening in on this conversation and Himmler suggested using the prisoners in the concentration camps as free labor and it would keep everything a secret. And Hitler was all for that because it furthered his plan the way he wanted it done and nobody could tell him any different. This really reminded me of what Elie Wiesel went through just because it was very reminiscent of the times that he had no idea what he was doing. He didn't know why he was doing the labor he was doing. Nobody ever really explained anything to him. They just had to do it. No matter how sick you were or how hurt you were or how weak you were you had to do things somebody somewhere was so determined to quote-unquote cleanse cleanse the population um they didn't care what the cost was they didn't care what the cost of human life was the cost of labor was um all they wanted done and in this case it was hitler was their ultimate goal their ultimate plan what they 
saw or thought would be best for society, which ultimately was very wrong and absolutely terrible. It was really interesting to see the contrast, though, between what the Nazi soldiers and Hitler's colleagues heard and saw from Hitler in the way that that attitude that they expressed, that they dealt with, and that the punishment they underwent um, in consequence for the way he acted in his actions. It was interesting to see how that trickled down then into the prisoners and concentration camps and how that attitude was still so apparent, even in a story like Night by Elie Wiesel. Uh, A novel that we used to better understand Night was A Boy in Striped Pajamas um, by John Boyle. This is a historical fiction novel um, with main characters being a German boy named Bruno and a a Jewish boy named Schmuel. And I used the first chapter of um, Boyle's novel to better understand Knight. Um, In these chapters, you could see Bruno growing up um, with his father being a commander-in-chief of the Nazi soldiers. And Bruno was unaware that his father had this job. Um, He also had a concentration camp in his backyard. And he became friends with Schmuel through the fence of the concentration camp. Um, these chapters highlight the fact that the Jew- or the German children had no idea what was going on to the Nazi children and the Nazi people. Um, there was a lot of confusion going on in Bruno when people would ask him what his father's job was like and because he never had an answer. Um, throughout the novel, also, Bruno was so oblivious to what was going on that he actually dug a hole under the fence and went into the concentration camp and ended up um, dying in one of the gas chambers. Um, So I think that Boyle's novel definitely highlights the oblivion within the German youth. Um, Some of the scenes that really stood out to me in the first few in the first chapter was that Schmuel was cleaning silverware in Bruno's home and when a Nazi soldier came in, Bruno told the soldier that he didn't ask Schmuel to t- talk to him. So Schmuel was beaten and Bruno was unaware of that that would happen to him. Um, so sh- you can definitely see that the oblivion was existent throughout the German youth. On page 71 of our course pack is New York Times, The Unwanted, America, Auschwitz, and a Village Caught in Between by Michael Dobbs, with a reflection on page 75. This article talks about Heidi Weichenheimer, a Jewish girl who's about 14 years old in 1938, and her story in the Holocaust. Much like Elie Wiesel, both eventually ended up in the Auschwitz concentration camps, but Heidi never made it out. Her story differs from Weasel's because she was captured on her way out of Germany in search of freedom in Great Britain. Her train, captured near the border, and all all on board were taken to labor camps, concentration camps, or simply murdered on the spot. Comparing Heidi's story to Ellie's allowed myself to create a deeper understanding of Weasel's book night because I was able to see how his story was similar to many others, but also its uniqueness in comparison to other stories.
course pack, we've analyzed Ellie Vesel's book night with poems, historical fiction, and nonfiction books and recent art pieces and articles to create a better understanding of Vesel's story and message. Finally, we made four different museum stops, stopping at an Instagram page called Eva Stories, which documents, documents what it might be like if a young Jewish girl had a smartphone instead of a diary. On page 83 of our course pack is a reflection of the episode June. In this episode, Eva was taken from her ghetto and boarded onto the train on to the train on her way to the concentration concentration camps at Auschwitz. I related this scene to Ellie Wiesel's book Night when Ellie was finally taken out of the ghetto and brought to the trains. After watching Eva's stories, I had a clear picture of what it would have looked like both for Eva and Wiesel and how terrifying it must have been for both of them. Being herded into trains like animals with barely any air left to breathe, it was hard. It was hard to wrap your brain around the fact that this actually happened and that it's not just a book or a movie, but a true story. Eva's stories helped me dig deeper into the book night by helping me realize the reality of the book. While reading the book, it can be hard to imagine some of the things that Ellie went through actually happened, but seeing it right in front of you while you're watching Eva's stories gives you a whole new realization of how horrible things really were for Ellie. Throughout the book Night by Ellie Wiesel, along with our course pack and our analysis, um, we were able to learn more about the Holocaust and how the Holocaust impacted Ellie Wiesel along with all the others that were in the Holocaust. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast, and we hope you enjoyed. This podcast is made possible by a Touchstone Energy Classroom grant from Great Lakes Energy.